Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Inside the junk hole. Oh my goodness. Well, sometimes that is better. It just tastes so damn good. Stargrove. Wolfman's got Nars. Killer mommy. <laughs> Here's Johnny. Thou art the one. Slap. Star Child. What the hell did we just watch? The All American Spook Show Podcast. Hello, and once again, welcome to another edition of the All American Spook Show Podcast. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined here with Will. Hey, hey, hey. And the Professor Smoke. Hello, hello. And usually we're joined with Donnie, but uh, he's on assignment, so he, he couldn't join us uh, this week. He had some other stuff going on. We're also breaking format, as we've done a handful of times. We haven't done this a lot, but, uh, you know, something that we, I, th- I guess we probably hope to do more of, uh, especially here in, in the month of October, is uh, kind of do some so, uh, some different things where we're not necessarily just talking about a particular movie. Uh, this one is going to be, I guess we're just going to kind of uh, call it the Spook Show Slasher Roundtable episode. Uh, we'll we'll kind of give you what our favorite slasher movies are. Um, not necessarily a definitive list or anything like that. Just here's a bunch of movies that we've seen and we've we've all enjoyed. And uh, you know maybe I'm sure a lot of these you've probably seen, but there might be a handful of these that you haven't seen. So you know maybe it's kind of a launching point for you to go like seek some of these out and, and i guess we'll go ahead and get right out right out the gate what is a slasher i looked it up just for pure definition sake the official definition of slasher is there's two things it says one a person or thing that slashes <laughs> two a horror movie especially one in which victims typically women or teenagers are slashed with knives and razors <laughs> which the razors thing is a little bit you know on the nose but uh whatever. definitely a little specific i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they left out chicken saws and butcher knives yeah any blunt instrument that can be picked up and, and used to you know murder someone on and, and i'll give you another little snippet on wikipedia it defines a slasher film is as a subgenre of horror films involving a killer murdering a group of people usual usually by use of bladed tools Although the term slasher may occasionally be used informally as a generic term for any horror film involving murder, film analysts cite an established set of characteristics which set slasher films apart from other horror subgen- from other horror subgenres, such as splatter films and psychological horror films. So, Professor, you know, you being the the expert in all these uh, subgenres and and such fields of horror. Uh, is that basically kind of how you've always kind of seen slasher films, like in your head, like when you're thinking, like, all right, what, what is a slasher film? Is this a slasher film? Is that kind of your criteria? Yeah, I think it's got a. It, there's certain, I guess, well, cliches now, but certain things that form throughout the years, where you got you got a group of teenagers. I mean, generally speaking, I mean, not, not everybody that gets killed has to be a teenager. I mean, there's older people that get killed and all, but generally it's a group of teens in some some setting, whether it be a camp the beach, their home, whatever the case may be. 
Uh, and then there's a, a killer who you may or may not, depending on the format of the movie, you may know who the killer is before the things start. But generally, you don't know who the killer is, and it's a reveal of some sort at the end, or at least a reveal to his backstory, or he's just a psycho killer, and you don't ever, you know, find out about him. So, at any any rate, you got a psycho killer, teens generally, and some settings such as woods camp, something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, there's other little things that go into it. That usually, there at, the, at least in the beginning, there's gory, splattery deaths. It got less gory as the years went on due to the MPAA and whatnot. You had different implements. You know, they would just, he'd have a calling card of some kind, whether he killed with a butcher knife or whether he killed with, like we talked about, a straight razor or whether he's a chainsaw, whatever, some sort of killing implements. Or maybe he used a whole array of different implements. But uh, And then there's uh, the whole uh, other aspect, the, the controversial aspects of, like, you know, the, the sort of have sex and die scenes of teens who are engaging in sexual acts and they get killed right afterwards or, or maybe they're you know smoking weed or something, and then they get killed. But and then generally the the sort of goody goody girl is the one that's like the final girl. So there's all these different terms to like final girl and what. A lot of all these different aspects came together to make what we know is the slasher film today, I guess. Now they consider the historically they consider the golden age of the slasher films to be from what I'm looking here. This is you know I'm sure this is just opinion, but it seems like it's a consensus opinion, I guess. They consider the golden age of the slasher film to be between 1978 and 1984. That that sounds probably about right to you. Oh yeah, yeah, because that you got the you got basically Halloween, the sequel craze starting. I mean, you had a lot of sequels before that, but generally after after 84, you had tons of sequels coming out, and then like I said, the parents and the MPA and everybody kind of cracking down on the gore that was in slasher films by the end of the 80s. So yeah, I would definitely agree, 78 to 84 for the golden era. And, that, that's and then you got. That's probably true, like, through just films in general, right? Like, there wasn't a lot of sequels and stuff, like, up until the 70s, I guess. But then, like, definitely by the early 80s now, it's just like, oh, you had one successful movie, here's three more, you know? <laughs> it seemed like it really hit its peak yeah. around that time. Yeah, really, I guess it was, uh, it was, which was, it was the Friday the 13th, the sequel, or was it Halloween, the sequel? Because really, Halloween didn't have a sequel, didn't spawn a sequel until the 80s. It was a few years before Halloween 2 came out. Yeah. And then you had Friday Thirteenth Part Two, and from that point, then yeah, it was sequel, just rolling on, rolling on with sequels. And Nightmare, and Nightmare on the Street came along, and it had its sequel. So it was happy there for a while. <laughs> this one that I'm looking at goes further. It says the slasher canon can be divided into three eras: the classical era, which they say is from '74 to uh, 1993, then the self-referential era. <laughs> From 1994 to 2000, I'm assuming I'm assuming that that's like Scream or something. Yeah, yeah. And the and new- then, of course, there's movies that set markers for these types of movies, like Nightmare on Elm Street, the new Nightmare. You know, of course, the one where it's kind of before Scream, you had the new Nightmare, where it's kind of uh, what's the word? It's sort of poking fun at itself and the conventions of the slasher genre before Scream. So you kind of there was a couple in there that were like that before Scream, along, but after Scream, yeah, then there was tons of the sort of meta slasher film. Which we've talked about one of those here on the uh, on the Spook Show with the Rise of Leslie Vernon. What was the name of the... Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask, the Rise of Leslie... Yeah, that's definitely one of those kinds, right? Like, that you're referring to. Like, the self-referential type of meta... type of horror movie. And uh, it also lists the Neo-Slasher cycle from 2001 to 2013, which I... You got me. I don't know what the hell that means. Maybe that's just the way kind of like those early 2000s slashers are. 
Yeah, or, or the ones that are kind of paying homage to the 80s, even or maybe set in the 80s, but they're not, you know, obviously not made in the 80s. So sort of, I guess maybe Terrorizer would be, I would call Terrorizer sort of a neo-slasher. Mm-hmm. It's got that feel of an 80s type slasher movie without being set in the 80s. Yeah, basically kind of just to add before we move on, like uh, it says common tropes of the slasher film are the final girl trope is discussed in film studies being a young woman, occasionally a young man left alone to face the killer's advances in the movie's end. Laurie Strode, from Jamie Lee Curtis's character from uh, the first Halloween movie, is an example of a typical final girl. Um, and there's, you know, plenty of other examples. But uh, several slasher film villains grew to take on villain protagonist ca- characteristics, with the series following the continued efforts of a villain rather than the killer's victims. For example, Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Chucky, and Leatherface. The Scream film series is a rarity that follows its heroine, Sidney Prescott, which was played by Nev Campbell, rather than mass killer Ghostface, whose identity changes from film to film and is only revealed in each entry's finale. So yeah, I, I guess that one's, you know, Scream is probably the one that kind of changed things a little bit, right? Like once that came out in, uh, what was that, 96, mm-hmm. I think that came out, where it kind of played, played on the familiar tropes, but then kind of changed the game, flipped it on its ear a little bit. Um, yeah, because, well... Talking about the old slasher movies too, when we were, you know, you mentioned, of course, villains are very well known and they keep going on. But like protagonists, not too many. Like uh, when Friday the 13th had Tommy Jarvis, who only made it through, I believe, three movies, right? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, part four, five, and six, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character in Halloween, which she was in some movies and she was not in others, or whatever, so. so they don't always carry on. And then you have like a. Get her, I'm blanking on her name right now. There's an Adrian King's character in the first Friday the 13th who was the final girl on Friday the 13th, yet was killed off at the beginning of part two. <laughs> yeah. She made it to the second one, but n- not very long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you don't have too many protagonists. I mean, you don't have too many of the survivors or final girls that go on to make multiple sequels. Besides maybe Jamie, other than Jamie Lee Curtis, I guess. So, so really, I just say all that to kind of set the table for what exactly are we talking about here. That's basically the type of movie that we're talking about. Like, because there are a lot of different types of subgenres of horror movies or whatever. I, I, would you argue that slasher, that slasher subgenre, is probably one of the more, if not the most popular form of horror movie? Yeah, I definitely. In fact, I know I know some people who are fans of only slasher movies. <laughs> they don't really watch too much other horror, or at least I did know some. I had some friends that were like that. There's, there has to be some yeah, but, yeah. some deep psychotic uh, uh, reasoning and explanation for that, you know, <laughs> not not the witch that we have to get into in this one, but you get what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> there has to be some like, I wish I was in their shoes so I could kill everybody and get away with it kind of shit <laughs> going on in people's heads that really love this kind of stuff, you know. Some of, it, some of it, I think, is just also the when you have somebody like Freddie, and this is what like scared. I mean, we can get into this a little bit later too. What kind of scared parents and certain activists and stuff at the time? was that a lot of kids, teenagers, were going to these movies and cheering on Freddy and Jason and all that stuff, and they didn't really understand why that was, and which is which led to the crackdown on slasher movie gore and everything by the MPAA a little bit later in the 80s, but later 80s. So I, I, I guess, you know, with all, all that out of the way, I guess we can kind of uh, get into some of our favorites, maybe not necessarily our top favorites right out the gate, um, but, you know, just, just some of the ones that we, we have enjoyed throughout the years. And uh, I guess we all kind of agreed to kind of not necessarily leave Halloween, Friday the 13th, and the Nightmare on Elm Street series off the table, but to just kind of recognize them for what they are, that, like, those movies are probably everyone's favorite slasher films. You know, like, 
more often than not, if you're going to ask somebody on the street, you know, if they know what a slasher film is, give me an example. Give me your favorite. One of those three is probably coming out of their mouth, right? <laughs> like uh, Jason, Freddie, yeah. Michael Myers. Boom. You know, there you go. That's not to say that we don't appreciate those, but that's a little too easy. You know, we wanted to dive a little deeper in our recommendations and kind of give you a taste of what we like. So, you know, we're, we'll only talk about those a little bit, but mostly this will be about, like, the other stuff that, you know, that we consider slashers. Now, I, I guess that that's another thing that we can kind of go ahead and get out of the way, too. Like, would you necessarily consider Texas Chainsaw Massacre a slasher? Because I saw that on some lists. I kind of had it on my list, but we had a little bit of a debate, you know, even before we were recording as to whether that would be considered a slasher. Uh, Will, what do you say? Like, do you, I mean, you've seen the movie. Like, what do you think? Would you consider that a slasher or is that something a little different? Uh, I mean, I feel like it's got everything that you're supposed to have with the exception of a knife or razor blade. So <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I think I would still probably count it kind of in that genre if it were me. I mean, it... it I think I think to a certain extent with some of this stuff, you know, feel needs to be, you know, factored into it. You know, like that, to me, felt like a, a bit of a slasher movie. And, and Professor, where do you land on that one, Texas Chainsaw? I kind of I see it as, I mean, I tend to lump it into this, and we haven't really talked about these yet, but I guess prior to 1978, for me personally, what way I label things before Halloween is like proto-slasher. Like Psycho, 1960, that would be not a slasher film, but it definitely had the elements of the beginnings of the slasher genre. And then uh, Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of lump in there, too. I think they all sort of paved the way for slasher movies, basically for Halloween in 1978. And then from that point, I think I, I, I tend to see that as sort of the birth of the slasher genre is uh, Halloween. And everything before that, I kind of lump in with, I mean, as, as a proto-slasher. Not that, not that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is only a proto slasher. I mean, it's got a lot of stuff going on there. It's definitely got that gritty feel, documentary type feel to it. But uh, now I tend to just call it, I, I label it as a proto slasher. And then, like I said, anything after Halloween, Halloween and on as the slasher genre. So I think, but we, that's me first. so I, I think we kind of all agree. Like the, those are the standards. Like let's, let's just say you count Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in, you know, in this little category, right? Those are the standards. Yeah for the most part, like there are a few others that people are going to say, well, this one, well, this one, this one spawned this one, that kind of thing. Right. But for the most part, your popular standards are those three or four franchises or movies. Like if let's just take the first movie out of all those, right. Nightmare on a nightmare on Elm street from 1984, Friday the 13th from 1980, Halloween from 1978 and the Texas chainsaw massacre from 1974. Those are probably your high bar standards, right? For this, for this genre, for sure. And, you know, you can argue the semantics of, well, the sequel, you know, uh, Friday the 13th part four, they got it right, you know, versus you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, th those are the ones that started it. That's why they became popular. So, you know, you kind of have to start there and trace your way down. And so, like I said, with Texas Chainsaw, I think at the time it came out, the slasher genre didn't exist as far as the term. Like, nobody knew the term slasher film yet or slasher genre. And then with all the sequels, which I think 1986, it took that long before there was a second Texas Chainsaw Master. Of course, the term slasher had been out for, you know, what, eight years or so? Yeah. So I think yeah, definitely all the sequels fell within that because they knew the conventions of the slasher genre at that point. So to but that... Yeah, I would, I, would, I would call that Texas Chainsaw definitely 
I can see where people would put that in there as one of the top slasher movies, even though I, I personally just lump it in with the proto slashers, but that's semantics. <laughs> so, so not to go too far down the uh, the origins of slasher hole, because honestly, I think that's probably a whole episode within itself when you're mm-hmm. when you're tracing back the history and the origins of uh, slasher, you know, subgenre. Um, Psycho would probably have to be one of the earliest examples of it, right? Yeah, and like I said, there's so there's so many more that we could go into. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could you could go further back on just slasher movies that, that came out from 1962 before Halloween in '78. <laughs> but it's ba- it's but it's safe to say, like around 1960 when Psycho came out, and there was a handful of other movies, you know, throughout the '60s and into the '70s. But there probably is a little bit of a gap mainstream wise between say psycho and then when halloween came out right i mean because those are two pretty successful movies um there's a lot of other movies in between which you know once again we can go down that hole one of these days but you know that that's pretty much where we're at right like psycho not necessarily started it but kind of took it up a level maybe and then halloween you know what 18 years later just you know it took off like a rocket yeah, not not to go into it too deep, but like I said, you get you had everything in Psycho pretty much that you needed, other than the, than the teenage angle. You know, you had the butcher knife killer, and there was the twist that you didn't really see coming. You know, the sort of the mask sort of figure. You know, you you had the elements there for the slasher film for yeah. sure. So I guess you know, with all that being out of the way, you know, kind of a little bit of the origins and, and basically what is a slasher film and everything. I guess we can kind of go into some of what of our favorites. So like, basically, it's kind of like all right. Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, maybe Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in whatever order, right? All right, now we go from there. Will, what's some of your, maybe list off another, like one of your top favorites past those. I feel like you kind of have to mention Child's Play when you you start mentioning, you know, some of these movies. You know, like even though, like, say the first one, you know, obviously doesn't have, like, the, uh, the, the teenage aspect, but. You know, it is a, a little bit supernatural, but, but you know, it's essentially still running around slashing people with a knife. I mean, and, and it's spawned, like, how many sequels, you know, <laughs> since that? I mean... And a remake think, now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can't... I don't think you can have a list of uh, slasher movies without Chucky on it. I've never... I mean, I, I enjoy the, uh, you know, the Chucky movies, What you know, however you want to phrase it, Child's Play movies. I've never been the biggest fan of it, though, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they don't... They don't uh, hold a place, and they're and, and they're pretty good for what they are, you know. Th- but that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, they definitely fall in this in this category for sure. I mean, if you're just if you're running them off, that that's one of the that's one of the the uh, the standards for sure. And it and it changed it up too. You know, like it's not necessarily the the formula like you said of you know we're in the woods, we're locked in a house, whatever the you know right like. Not only that, but it, it's a fucking living baby doll that's running around and killing people. You know, so <laughs> not too many, not too many movies have been done like that. When this movie came out in 1988, and and, and you know, like e- even with the concept, I mean, if you were to tell somebody that never heard of uh, any of the Child's Play movies, and and there's a doll running around killing people, like like the the premise of it seems horrible, but somehow you know, yeah. like. <laughs> You know, like way back then when it came out, like it came off and it, they did it well. Yeah. It, yeah. The pr- just, they did so well to the fact that whenever the Annabelle movies came out, a lot of people expected Annabelle to be like, <laughs> like Chuck. <Yeah. laughs> just running around, giving one-liners, stabbing people. Yeah. She doesn't even 
move. Like, what the hell is this movie? You know, doll movie. She's not even really moving. Yeah. <laughs> and and of course that got kind of... definitely changed the changed the style. Like like they were messing around with the slasher genre. Like you could you could it definitely is a slasher film, but they were progressing things, I guess, in a way. And and then maybe it had something to do with the MPAA because you know we I think me and we, Josh we talked about that when the ratings thing how how when the MPAA ratings came along and then slasher movies kind of prompted them to, you know, with the, with also with parents cracking down on it and everything too. Yeah. Prompted them to come down hard on slasher, particularly not just horror movies, but specifically slasher movies where the teenagers were cheering on the killer and all that stuff. So they were cutting down that gore to where it was almost bloodless by the time you got to Friday 13th part seven and eight and the later part of the nightmare on Elm street. So I think they, needed to progress things along to where they couldn't show that extreme graphic gore like they showed in the early 80s. So now we got to do something a little different. So we'll have the killer doll or we'll have whatever other aspect that they would add into the fray, you know, because really you think about child's play movies aren't too graphic, but they had Chucky. They had uh, you know, his, his, his one-liners were kind of like Freddy's. Yeah. And just the, just the fact that it was a doll and it was well animated, you, you kind of tend to forget that it's not really all that gory. Yeah, that was always the thing that I think kind of drew me into them that that I did enjoy about him was the that Freddy esque aspect to it, as far as like his his little one liners and stuff like that, you know, that he delivered. Because yeah. I always loved that about you know the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So. But like more graphic than Freddy was even as far as like his delivery of his <laughs> yeah. his uh, one liners. Which is even better considering once again it's it's like a little baby doll running around. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke, what what do you got like as far as like a, a movie that uh, you know one of your favorites that we haven't like really talked about yet? Well, I'll start. I'll start near as we start discussing some of these. I'll start near the not the top of the long, but sort of near the uh, not the bottom of the wrong either, but just a handful of some that I really like before I get into the, some of my top ones. But uh, one I mentioned is The Prowler from 1981. Mm-hmm. Have y'all seen that one? I have, although it's been a few years since I since I've watched it, but I have seen that one. That was Tom Savini. Yeah, that one right? always, like he had something to do with that, right? Yeah, Tom Savini yeah. did the effects for it. And actually, it was directed by uh, Joseph Zito, who who did Friday the 13th Part 4 that we mentioned. Well, it's Friday the 13th Final Chapter, the official title of it, I guess. So the fourth one. And that Tom Savini also did the effects for it. I think Savini actually has said that The Prowler is his favorite of his films to showcase his effects work. Oh, yeah, I remember that. It seems like I remember watching it, you know, a, a few years ago. And I'm thinking, like, this isn't the greatest movie I've ever seen. The acting's a little meh, but the special effects, man, th- these are, these are awesome. You know, <laughs> that's my recollection of it, at least on the surface. <laughs> it was, oh yeah, and Joe Zito, like I mentioned, the director. He went on to do. Uh, I know he did a couple of films for Canon. Actually, two two real classic films for Canon: Chuck Norris movies, uh, Missing Action. Everybody knows, of course, an Invasion USA. But uh, yeah, starting the slasher movie. One of the ones that I I have like down kind of like you said, not necessarily on the bottom rung, but just kind of like on the beginning of the list of ones that I put. This is far more recent. The first, uh, Happy Death Day from 2017. Now, that one, I had pretty low expectations for that going into it. I'm going to say, well, you know, here we go. It's another one of these, you know, kind of things. But the, have, have for I guess before I get into it, have either of you guys seen that one? Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, like... That one's like, you know, on the surface, you're like, yeah, you know, you've seen this kind of movie before. You know, somebody's chasing this girl around at school or whatever. But the the concept of it with 
the uh, I guess how would you uh, explain it? Will it's like time oh, travel? Groundhog's Day. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that's probably the. I guess I lost the phrase. It's basically a horror version of Groundhog Day. Just the fact that it that the time travel or whatever the hell's going on in that movie and it plays over and over again. Yeah. Really made it far more entertaining and interesting than I thought it was going to be when I sat down to watch it. I don't recall whether I saw the sequel or not because I know there was at least one other sequel, and you know I guess those were success, successful enough to where they might make another one one of these days. But I would highly recommend that one just as you know, low key, kind of like more mm-hmm. recent stuff. You know, since a lot of the more recent stuff isn't as good, that one sticks out to me. You know, I, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched that one too. Um, I saw that the second one was coming out, so. Uh, like before it came out, I decided to go back and watch the first one. And, you know, just like you, I was going in with that one, expecting essentially like everything you've already seen before. Mm -hmm. And then you get like a couple minutes into it and you're just like, okay, I'm I'm on, I'm on with the idea. I'm down with this. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Groundhog Day. (laughs) I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. I'll say that, you know, but it was enjoyable. So I I guess that's kind of on the lower rung of mine. Um, Will, did you have another one you, you wanted to talk about? I think, you know, like, like I know we've already brought this up, and, and this is somewhat teasing uh, one of our previous shows, but you definitely have to mention uh, Black Christmas. Oh, yeah. Uh, and with, oh, yeah. with all this, just just because it's laid the foundation for so many movies that that came after it. Yeah, it has the benefit of not, not having had prior slasher movies before that many, you know, yeah. to like, it, then it wasn't conventional at all, fresh, and it's you know you don't expect the things that happen in movies that happen the way they do. Not to necessarily toss to another episode that we've done, but like go back and uh, hunt that one down in our archives. That was episode twenty-two, and that one also is one that uh, spawned like at least what two remakes of it that we haven't got around to yet. I'm sure yeah. we'll get to them eventually, but yeah, hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, go do yourself a favor, watch it. I mean, if you want to save it up for this Christmas, do that too, but. That, By all means, watch it. Yeah, like, and that's another thing. Go watch that movie bef- even before you go listen to our episode. And we always say that because we're a spoiler podcast. But make sure you watch that movie before you go sit down and listen uh, to our episode on it. Want to do? You don't. You don't want to just listen. You know, like Home Sweet Home. You can just listen to the podcast, skip the movie, but not Black <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> we got plenty of those, but that's not one of them. You yeah. definitely need to go yeah. watch it. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> And like I said, we don't want to get too far into the spoilery aspect of it, but just like the way that movie ends and everything, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a twist ending. It's just the way it ends. It's just like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't really say much else about it. You know, like you just need to go see it, check it out. Like, but yeah, as far as it like kind of the slasher genre and how it kind of, I guess you could say, I wouldn't even say necessarily changed the game as much as I would say it molded the game. I mean, because that movie came out, what, 1974. So, I mean. Yeah. This was one of the ones that kind of like, you know, all right, here's the bar, you know, try to beat that suckers, you know, <laughs> at least in my mind, you know, if like, if you were, uh, if yeah, you were them right there, like you just talked about Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas coming out the same year. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically, what a, what a huge year that, you know, randomly 1974 turns out to be for. Uh, not, not only the slasher genre, but just horror in general. I had seen Black Christmas before. Or at least parts of it, I believe, before we did that episode. But man, I, I really gained a huge, a, a bigger, more, uh, what's the phrase? I, I just gained a lot more respect and admiration for that movie after we sat down and watched it and really broke it down and talked about it and everything. Um, I love that movie, for sure. 
that's definitely yeah. one worth being on the list. There's no doubt about that. Smoke, what's another one you had? Oh, we're going to go back to 1981 again. Because the first one I had was the Prowler, but now it's the Burning. I'm, I've heard a lot of good things about that one. I still haven't sat down and watched it yet. Yeah, again, and once again, it's got great effects from Tom Savini. That's going to be a that's going to be kind of a common denominator for a lot of yeah. my movies on here. Yeah, is because he did so many slasher movies and just horror movies in general during that era. Uh, also, though, this movie marks the very first acting credit for uh, Jason Alexander, who of course played George Costanza on Seinfeld. Huh. <laughs> and you can barely recognize him here. <laughs> he doesn't look. I mean, you know it's him. But he still doesn't hardly look anything like, you know, he's very thin. He's got hair. Yeah. <laughs> or he's got a lot more than he did, in, you know, as George and Seinfeld. So. That, that, you almost don't know. almost goes by, but you're like, that guy looks familiar. And then it pops in your head. Oh, yes, George. <laughs> that is he's another, not in it for, like, the of the movie. But. That is another one of those cool things about, like, the slasher genre and, and just early 80s movies, like late 70s, early 80s movies in general, is those random pulls of, like, actors that and directors oh, yeah. and people behind the scenes too but like actors that went on to much you know bigger careers later on have like a, yeah, you know, a I, ton I, of starts I, there this is going to be a future episode for us <laughs> we yeah. can do a definitely do a full episode on this because i mean just off the top of my head i could without giving out anymore because like i said I, I think we should mold this in an episode but like uh demi moore in the movie parasite ridiculously mm-hmm. cheesy low budget movie was her first uh, screen debut yeah <laughs> Like you just pointed out, Jason Alexander randomly, and of course everybody's always got the old Kevin Bacon in the first Friday the 13th movie, you know, but like, those are just a few examples, and like you said, that's a whole episode in and of itself. The Burning, though, that's definitely one I've wanted to check out, like, for whatever reason, it's been on the list and just haven't sat down and watched Now, the whole thing, it's set in a summer camp, of course, like like some other flasher whose name escapes me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Friday the 13th. (laughs) (laughs) It came out exactly a year before it or something, right? It, I mean, it has everything you'd want in a slash, 80s slasher, too. And then we just kill her with an interesting backstory, stalk slasher teens in inventive and gory ways. You know, it's pretty much your 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 blueprint for a slasher movie. Was, but the, the gory and inventive kills are in that golden age in the 80s were, I guess, where it was at at the time. Like I said, until the MPA cracked down on all that later. Like, basically, how, how raunchy can we get with the, with the kill? Not raunchy, yeah. but like... How go- how gory, yeah. how crazy can we get with the next kill? Like it seemed like yeah. they were all competing with one another to kind of ramp it up. Yeah, and Tom Savini, I think, was competing with himself. Yeah, <laughs> on pretty how, much. How invincible gory the way he could kill somebody else this time around. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, I'll say it again. I'm sure we'll say it again before this episode's over. That's a whole episode in and of itself. Just Tom Savini and his Savini, his, yeah, yeah, and that run that he was on in that time period. Not that he hasn't had a great career. You know, from from start to now, but just that time period, man, that dude was cranking them out, man. And he didn't even really want to do that. Like he wanted to be an actor more than anything else. It was just that he was good at the effects and great at the effects, and everybody just wanted him after you know movie after movie after movie. Yeah. And then he finally did get to doing a little bit of acting here and there. But yeah, again, we'll have to do a whole episode on Savini for sure. Uh, the next one I had to talk about was another one of those kind of movies that kind of broke the mold, so to speak, and kind of went on its own. It's no Tom Savini-esque type stuff, but there are some pretty good kills in it. And we also talked about it a while back on the on the Spook Show, going all the way back to episode 13, and that's Sleepaway Camp from 1983. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, that one, like, okay, of course, everybody's just going to focus in on the uh, the what-the-fuck ending, right? Like, <laughs> that's going to be the... We got me. Now stands up on its own. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> yeah. 
Um, but there are some pretty good like death scenes and, and kill scenes and stuff like that in that movie for sure. And that one yeah. too, like yeah, that one's like the point of view kind of thing, right? Uh, of where like you see a killer, you don't see the killer, but you know you're kind of the point of view of the killer it, when you see the when you yeah. see the, the the kills happen. The first mm-hmm. first person point of view. Yeah, yeah. I think I had a tough time with that when we did that episode too. Like the right fucking phrasing of what the <laughs> you know the the view from that person's eyes, uh, whatever the hell they would call that, the first person view. But it's just so many different like and, and that. And there's so many weird, like, deep-meaning things in that movie and stuff like that. That, like, you know, like, you'd, you'd, you'd really probably need to watch it a few times to really understand what the hell is going on. At least twice, right? Like, you watch, oh, yeah. it, you watch yeah. it once, and then once you get past the shock of it, you go back and watch it again, <laughs> and I'm sure there's more you can put. Uh, Usually that's where you get to it. The first time you watch it is that ending. You don't even remember anything before that at first, except that you want to show this movie to your friends or somebody. That, yeah. yeah. Just to get their reaction to the ending. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then you, then you watch it that second and third time, then you say, oh, oh, that happened? Okay. Yeah, that, but that's such <laughs> a great movie. And once again, you know, not to pump the archives, but that, that was a good episode, too, you know, all the way back to episode 13. But, you know, I, and I only point that out just because, like, we, we talked a whole lot more in-depth about the movie when we when we did that episode. So if you want to hear, you know, more about that, then go check that out. That movie was... I, I stopped short of saying influential as much as it was just, like, so much unlike a lot of the stuff that came before it and probably most of the stuff that's came after it. Like, you know, they tackled some things in that movie that, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, I wouldn't necessarily call it taboo, just not things that people want to like really go deep and discuss, you know, especially oh, back in those days. Oh yeah. Even now though, some of that, some of that dialogue from the, what was his name? The guy that was like the cook oh, or God. something or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could not even say those things in a movie today. Yeah, just rough. Just so rough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once again, we had a but whole segment of that on the episode. rough and hilarious at the same time. Like, very non-politically correct. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, <it> rough for <laughs> sure. I think it's one of those deals where it's like you recognize it for, like, all right, clearly this isn't right. You shouldn't say these things or do these things. But when you go back and watch this movie, you're like, God, man, that's... That is fucked up, you know. <laughs> you still you're still gonna have a chuckle about it, like we did, you know. But you're still like, uh, you know, that's that's horrible. And thankfully, you know, you don't see and hear those kind of things as much anymore. But like, yeah, that <laughs> a lot of things in that movie, you know, like just like I said, not necessarily taboo, but just things that I would say at the least make people uncomfortable to talk about in in, in the public you space. You know, be men and shorty shorts playing baseball your life. <laughs> it's full on like what was it uh ni- the movie came out in 1983 but i think when we had didn't we talk about that like it was actually filmed in, like 81 or something like it, it was a while before that before yeah. it actually got released yeah. I, I, if i recall yeah. so like, yeah it's full on that time period man like unabashedly that <laughs> that time period but yeah i figured that was one worth mentioning because it's not necessarily your typical slasher movie but uh there's a lot of good stuff there and, and a lot of different things in that movie that, you know, kind of set it apart in, in the genre. So, you know, if you haven't seen that one, definitely check it out. It's intermission, it's intermission. It's intermission, it's intermission. Ice cream, candy, lemonade, too. And there's a hot dog waiting for you. The popcorn's popping and it's ready to go. You know all the great. Deal in the show.
about your seat and get yourself a tasty treat down at the snack bar. Snack bar. Uh, Will, what was another one you had to, to discuss? Well, this is yet again bringing up another one from uh, the podcast that we had done before back in uh, episode 45. But uh, Behind the Mask with Leslie Vernon. But again, this was one I was going into, like, didn't have any expectations of it at all. And then it's such a, a fun kind of take on the the whole horror uh, slasher genre. And then the fact that like halfway through the movie, you, you think you've got the movie pegged and all of a sudden it turns on a dime and becomes like this, this uh, traditional slasher movie. Yeah. No, I just, I, I love this movie. Like I, I really enjoy when, when you sit down and watch a movie, you, you have an idea of what you think it's going to be. And then it, it, it flips you in your seat and, just kind of takes you away. Now that movie um, is actually one that we'll be talking about here pretty soon on our third anniversary show coming up on Halloween because that was the first movie that we watched after our second anniversary. So that's kind of our calendar year. It's like, you know, we go from basically the first episode that we watched, you know, after the previous year's anniversary, and then we kind of go back and re-rank them, you know, if we want to. Uh, once we get there, so we'll be talking about that one again pretty soon on the uh, on the Halloween episode here at the end of the month. So it'll be kind of fun to see what we all if we all have a different opinion on that one and want to re rank it. Yeah, that movie right there, like it, Smoke. I think you were the one that uh, proposed that one, and neither of us had watched it. And I think both of us were just blown away. That was one my head when we were talking about what movies to do next, and that was just it had been a little while since I'd seen it. I mean, I'd seen it a few times before that, but uh, but yeah, it just popped up in my head. Oh, I think this would be one that we should probably get to. And then my sentiments were just like Willie's the first time I saw it back whenever it was it came out. It was I had no expectations for it at all. I just watched this movie behind the mask, Leslie Vernon. Okay, I'll throw it on, and I think I rented it from at that time from like Hollywood or whatever. As I read the back of it, and it sounds kind of interesting. And it was yeah, I was blown away by it. Very much like Scream, you know, and, and the fact that it it kind of pokes fun. At the at the genre of horror movies and the slasher genre in general, but it also turns into something all it, it, something else all in a, in and of itself is the phrase I'm looking for. It, you know, oh, yeah. it, it uh, kind of turns things on its ear a little bit, and there's a lot of uh, intentional and unintentional comedy aspects to it. But I think they do a, a great job in that movie of, like I said, kind of deconstructing the genre. I'm here and say, I actually enjoy this one more than I do any of the screen movies. Yeah. But then I'll have to go out also and say that kind of like the Saw franchise, I'm not the hugest fan of the screen movie. So again, take that with a grain of salt, but, but yeah, I do enjoy this more than I did the screen movie. I'd, I'd stop short of saying I enjoyed it, say more than the first screen movie, but that's just, you know, more of because of Mm -hmm. when I saw it and, you know, uh, the fact that I've seen it more throughout the years and everything, but yeah, like I, I, I could definitely see someone making the argument that, <laughs> that you know, you might enjoy that or even think that it might be a slightly better movie. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to the Scream franchise on here, and that then I probably need to reevaluate my assessment of it because it's been a while since I've seen them, and I get I may not have given them a fair shake <laughs> yeah. at the beginning, you know. Well, so. the, the, those, you know, well, I, I'm I'm sure we'll get into it here shortly, but those are probably looked at a little differently from like a lot of horror fans just because it seems to me this is just my opinion when it's like the big studio horror movies people kind of mm. tend to poo-poo them a little bit at first 
until maybe some time passes and you kind of like give it a second or third chance. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Like, it seems to me like, oh, it's a, it's an independent filmmaker or it's this guy that's, you know, this particular director or something that like, oh yeah, he makes good stuff. I'm going to like that. But then when it's like one of those, even though it is Wes Craven, uh, it was another one of those big studio type deals. So it's already kind of got strike one against it. Yeah. Yeah. There's been a couple like that for me too. I mean, there's been a few that have, that I saw the first time around. And like you said, there were you know, big Hollywood movies or whatever came out and I wasn't all that interested in it. And then I watched it again and, and I might, you know, it didn't jump up to one of my favorite movies or anything, but I did enjoy it more. Hell, one of those movies is the Halloween, the latest Halloween film that came out. We talked about that. Yeah. We did it. Uh, I wasn't that huge of a fan of it when I first saw it, but it was that getting over that uh, hype and anticipation for it, I guess, and watching it a bit fairly, more fairly the second time around. So yeah, that definitely happens, I think. Now, I'll bring up one that's kind of loosely, I wouldn't, I guess you can kind of call it a slasher, but not really, but I'm only going to bring it up just to make further the point of what we just made. House of Wax. Oh, yeah. You know, the one that we watched uh, uh, last summer or whatever, uh, back in episode 38. Generally, I think we all didn't like the movie, right? You know, but like, I, I, only bring <laughs> it, I only bring it up, and I'm not putting it to the list, but I'm only bringing it up because that's another one of those movies where, like, you say, well, you know, big budget, Hollywood studio movie, maybe I give it a, a uh, maybe I was just looking at it like, you know, wrong, through the wrong lens back then. So I give it a, a second or maybe third try, and it was still bad you know like <laughs> i didn't like yeah. i didn't like it any more this time than i did you know 15 years ago yeah when you first saw it i may have actually liked it slightly more because i forget what my rating on it was and i don't uh, know if we have it right in front of you or not but it was pretty low well i actually do where i have it i have it right here in front of me um that movie will you gave it uh oh shit i lost here it is uh will you gave it a star and a quarter smoke you gave it a star one single star and I gave it one okay, and a half. Before we did it this time around, I probably would have been inclined to give it a half star. At least. I mean, if that's the lowest I could go, I'd give it whatever the lowest I could go would be yeah. before watching it again. So I actually did bump my liking of it up very ever slightly to like the one star as opposed to half or a quarter star. Or whatever. So, you know, to the <laughs> so point, there's something, you know. to the point, <laughs> I only bring it up because in doing a little bit of background for this, I saw it pop up on some like you know some some random websites and some people's top favorite slasher list. Like mm-hmm. it would be ranked, and I'm gonna say, really, that movie? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, come on. So you we know, had to and, give it a reassessment, and it determines that I don't know what the hell they were thinking when they thought it was a great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I saw it like I said in '05. I'm, I went to the theater and saw that, and I didn't like it then. Didn't like it much more <laughs> the second time. Not that it's horrible, horrible. It's just you know, am I going to no. put it on my top list? Hell no. Like, you know, like, yeah. I'm probably not even going to watch it again for God. I mean, I, I'd be fine not watching it again ever, but I yeah. mean, if it happens to be on something on a streaming service and I just happen to have the TV on like, you know, five, six, seven years from now, I might let it play through. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like if there's ever an occasion where we have to watch it again, then so be it. But I'm certainly not seeking that damn movie out again. Like, you know, that's, that's just where I am with it. Like, I'm, I'm done, you know? We talked about it, too, and I don't even think I made it. No, I know for a fact I didn't even make it through the first time back in the day when it yeah. came out on DVD, <laughs> I guess, the first time. I, I, I made it through. I, didn't, I don't even think I saw Paris Hilton get killed. I didn't even make it to that point. Yeah. I think I made it through before they even got to the Wax Museum. I don't know, and I just stopped it, and I never got back to it and took it back to the video store, and that was it until we did the podcast. And, and ironically, <laughs> and then you that's... you demanded your money back, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I don't want this turd. 
And ironically, that's probably one of the better parts of the movie, right? The scene where she gets killed. Yeah, I should have at least watched it to that point. Yeah, that's pretty much the best moment of the movie. And then, you know, it's all downhill. But but yeah, like I said, I only bring it up because I saw it on other other people's lists. I'm like, wow, what? You know, so like, (laughs) I just figured that was worth a minute of our time to discuss that. Like, you know, and if you want to hear our full opinions, and we just gave you our star ratings or whatever. But if you want to hear us talk about that one, that was episode 38 back in uh, the summer of 2020 when we watched that one. So. Um, it's interesting. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> the episode, not the movie. Yeah, the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and talking about reassessment, I think at some point, maybe, I mean, down the road, maybe we'll get to the, uh, was it Dark Castle? Is that the name of that company? Yeah. Some of their remakes, they put out like 13 Ghosts and House on Haunted Hill. See, those back then, too, I wasn't, I just was not bitten by the remake bug. I, I pretty much hated seeing all the remakes and stuff coming out. So I, some of them I'd casually watch and just like dismiss or whatever. So I think at some point down the road I could reassess those, and I met my liking for them maybe a little bit more now than they were when they came out. Smoke, go ahead. What, what's what's another one you got on your little short list? Well, strangely enough, this movie comes from 1981. <laughs> I think that's the third one in a row. Now. <laughs> all, all of mine have come from 1981. Uh, Madman with uh, the killer Madman Mars. I don't know if y'all have seen that one yet. I don't think I've ever seen that one. No. That's another kind of under the radar. Like I don't, I don't know. The director's name, I don't even think I've checked the director's name, and I can't think of it right now, but he didn't do too many. He wasn't like a known horror director that kept making a bunch of these movies. But, but uh, and I mean, most people, a lot of people probably just say it's another derivative 80s slasher film, but I mean, I can't help but some of those are my favorites. But uh, yeah. <laughs> obviously, 1981 was a banner year for slasher films, because <laughs> this is, the, like I said, the third movie I've got from it. And it's not the last one either. This is going to come from 1981 I'm, on my list. The, the next one I'm about to name off is another one from 1981. It's, it's not even the ones I've mentioned, right? Yeah, no, not yet, no. It might be on your list, but uh, it's, you haven't mentioned it yet. But at least Mad Madman is different than those other Slashers, you know, because it features a killer with a interesting backstory who stalks and slashes teens in inventive and gory ways. But you know, this one's actually set in a summer camp, so that's... Oh, wait a minute, no. That's, okay, that's Friday Thirteenth and Sleepaway Camp. No, right, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there's a formula, is what yes. you're saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, the thing about these like early '80s golden era slash films, a lot of the, the plots are, of course, derivative in the same. Although they weren't at the time, they were still fleshing themselves out and making their. You know, it wasn't so much conventional yet, but at least they were. Even though the, so the plots were similar, they were they were inventive in the ways they went about developing the story for the killer or or the kills that they would use, like we've mentioned before. So. And this one has just has that element. I just love those early 80s slashers. And this one kind of falls in that whole uh, fun category, you know, the, the slasher movies that are kind of fun that you can you watch. You may be unintentionally humorous, you know, because of the budget and things of that nature, but not not terribly so. So I guess that, that moves to my next one, which is My Bloody Valentine from 1981. Was that one that was on your list, Smoke, or no? No, I, that's one that... That's one that I didn't haven't put in the honorable mentions, but I could have. Yeah. I mean, I usually actually, honestly, forgot about putting that mom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would. Have. Yeah. This is another one where it's not necessarily the same. It's it's same in a lot of ways, like you said, derivative or whatever. But it's not necessarily exactly the same. And there's a lot of cool, creative, you know, kills in this movie. A lot of twists and turns. You know, it's actually got like a pretty good story going on. And one. A cool inventive killer. I mean, he was in the coal mining outfit with the gas mask and everything. Yeah. He's a badass. Yeah, just a cool look, especially for the time, right? You know, like it's, this was before like it became a thing in a lot of these movies to have your killer have like a certain look about it. You know. Yeah. And and 
you know, hell, Friday the 13th had already came out, but even then he still hadn't nailed down the uh, the whole Jason hockey mask thing, right? That wasn't until the third oh, one. I didn't jump to part three, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so, like, that you know, they didn't have that necessarily. Well, I guess Michael Myers had done it in Halloween, but that was about it up until this point, you know, really. So, uh, yeah. Th- that one's that one's definitely one worth checking out if you haven't seen that. I'm assuming Will, you haven't watched that one yet. No, I think we had talked. Oh yeah, we we got to do that soon. Yeah, I, we. Didn't I think we had, doing that. Yeah, one yeah, year? we were we had teased that we were gonna do it. Remember, I think it was like Valentine's Day last year, I believe, like 2020, and then like we were trying to have our all of our wives on that episode, and then it just fell apart, and we never did it. So like. I think there actually is an episode out there where we're like, yeah, coming up next time, it's going to be my bloody Valentine. And then <laughs> we never did it. So that's why. But, but yeah, like that's definitely one we need to get around to. Like may- maybe next Valentine's Day or something, you know, we can line it up. But um, that's a great movie. And I don't know who – it might be just me and you that have seen it, right? I guess oh, – well, I mean my wife's seen it out of us. I guess that would be the only ones that have seen it so yeah. far. So that would be an interesting one. There will be a lot of – at least half of us watching it if our wives are able to do it that haven't seen it before. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure if Donnie has seen it or not, but – yeah, either way, mm-hmm. like, highly recommend it for sure. Will, what you got? You got any more? Well, we already started talking about it at the screen. You know, like, like I think that was the the one, you know, I was probably 17, 18, somewhere in that range uh, when that come out. And I think it was, like, one of the first, like, horror movies that I went to go see opening weekend. Obviously, I've been to the, you know, the movie theater plenty of times before that. But, you know, like, usually, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, you go to a movie theater and, you know, it's it's crickets in there because everybody's trying to hear everything. Mm. And that was the <clears throat> that was the first movie that I ever really remembered crowd participation in being like so crazy that it like elevated the movie for me. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 don't get me wrong, I I I, I enjoyed Scream. I, I thought it was fun, and you know, I I had I wasn't someone that had seen Black Christmas at that point. So you know, to me, you know, it was, it was somewhat new. But yeah, like the, the the movie I thought was pretty solid. You know, and Definitely, you know, I guess of the time. Uh, but for me, like the the, the crowd partici- participation of that movie really like put it over the top. It was probably still to this day one of the most fun movies I think I've ever been to to go to go watch at a theater. That Smokey, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was probably one of the first kind of self aware type of movies, right? Where they they're really like pointing out all of the. The tropes and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. One of, well, as we mentioned, I think uh, even Wes Craven was involved with it. The new Nightmare was probably the first one I can think of yeah, that was like yeah. that. Which was well, I'm blanking on what year, what year that movie came out. It came out before Scream, of course, but it was. I think that for me that I can think of, that's the first one that kind of did that. But the Scream, but Scream, of course, he took it even further into that aspect of it and that self-referential aspect. Yeah, New Nightmare came out in 1994, so that was just a few years before. Yeah, that one. It definitely had, you know, because it had Robert England playing Robert England playing Freddy or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it had that. It had that whole meta aspect of. He just, yeah, he just went further. Of course, I think I think I don't. I haven't read any interviews or seen any interviews with Wes Craven talking about that, but I would assume that he kind of got that idea from New Nightmare and said, "Hey, what if I, what if we went even further down this path of, you know, well, I didn't have to term them, but yeah, meta horror, the self-referential path, or whatever you want to call it," mm-hmm. and. He, came out with screen that that's probably i mean like I, I think it was very successful when it came out and um that I, I think that that first movie is definitely one where like you go back and watch it now you'd probably even have a slightly better uh opinion of it now than you did back when it came out that, at least that'd be my opinion 
smoke if you, yeah. you know, yeah, we'll mix it down. We'll, I'm sure we'll do it on the show. I'm not going to watch it until we do it on the show. I put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do that a lot where I'm like, man, I'd really like to go watch. No, no, I'm going to hold off. Because <laughs> I know we'll get around to it eventually, but yeah. Uh, it's been a while for me since I sat down and watched it too, but uh, I definitely wanted to emphasize like the first one, like like the ones after yeah. that. It was just kind of rinse and repeat, you know, how like some of these movies go. But you know, that first one for me was the one that just kind of you know, like mm-hmm. damn, that was awesome. I can't remember if I've seen. I'm pretty sure I've seen bits of the second one, but I don't know that I've seen the second one and the third one all the, all the way from beginning to end. I've seen all four of those, um, but like I don't remember watching them uh, multiple times. You know, like, yeah. I've seen the first one multiple times, but the the other three, I was just kind of like, yeah, all right, I've, you know, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, the, the fourth scene at all, not even a bit. I mean, I probably saw the trailer, but that was it. But, yeah, the second one, I think I've seen bits of. Third one, maybe bits of, and that they trailed off from there. So, some point in time, I know we'll tackle, we'll have to tackle the whole franchise, I suppose. Yeah, w- once again, maybe that can be one of our next big uh, series runs that we can do, you know, kind of run down the. The Scream movies, because I'm pretty sure, like, uh, Scream 5 is in production, right? Or, or they've at least said that it is, they are going to make it. So, uh, maybe yeah. we can, that can kind of be our next series that we can run down and uh, lead up to Scream 5 when that comes out. I know we kind of mentioned this before, and I, I've been holding off on watching any of these until we do it on the podcast, but I've never seen any of the Paranormal Activity films. <laughs> wow. Yeah, hmm. that, if nothing else, dude, like, that first one is definitely worth checking out. Oh, yeah. It's, oh yeah, my, my wife's been, I've been holding off. To, I mean, she wants me to watch it. She's been wanting me to watch it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold off until yeah. <laughs> we do it. On, get my first reaction to it there. But the main reason she wants me to see that and some of the sequels is so I can watch. Uh, what's the Wayans Brothers parody they did of oh, basically yeah. of the Scary movie. movie? No. Yeah, no, yeah. No, that no, was, no. The, uh, shoot, what was the name? It was a scary uh, movie that was a that was a parody of Paranormal Activity. They had another one. Oh, okay. Sorry. I think I've seen the scary movie. So the scary movie was basically a parody of Scream, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I've seen those. This was something else, and I can't I'm blanking on the name, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was another Wayne production. Though. Yeah, yeah, where it's basically the same deal. Yeah, the, Is it called Haunted House or something like that? Maybe? Oh, maybe. That sounds familiar, but uh, without looking it up, but that does sound familiar. Based on that, that's a Haunted House. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Which, I, you know, come to think of, I never really thought too much about the scary movie franchise, you know, as far as, like, it being, uh, uh, making fun of the Scream movies, but that's pretty funny, right? Like, you know, like, a movie, a movie, uh, making fun of a movie that basically makes fun of, yeah, right? Like, think true. about, think about how many <laughs> damn levels of Inception we're going down here, right? <laughs> and not only that, but then you have people like Dr. Phil in, some, in one of them, I think, right? When he was in, the, wasn't he in the one that was, like, set up like Saul, the movie Saul? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, those scary movies, like, you know, I think they ended up making, what, three or four of those things. Maybe five. I don't remember how many they made, but um, that was a pretty successful little franchise in and of itself. Yeah. Oh, that's something else we could go down another path on doing episodes on horror comedies. I mean, I mean blatant horror comedies or parodies. Yeah, if, you know. <laughs> yeah like scary movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you do have to define there's a fine line between the ones that are supposed to be funny and the ones that aren't. You know, <laughs> we've run, we've run into a few of those. Oh yeah, the ones that are unintentionally hilarious. Those are those are sometimes even more fun to watch than the ones that are intentionally trying to be funny. Smoke, did you have an, another one on your list? Let's see. Yeah, we're gonna go 
think we're going to get to another year here besides 1981. So <laughs> we're going to move ahead. 1984 with uh, the Mutilator. That was uh, I don't. Did you, either of y'all seen that one yet? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Well, it was uh, directed by Buddy Cooper, and uh, I got, I got. He's a nice guy. I've met him a few times, and I uh, got him to sign my Mutilator poster, which I think is visible behind me. If for those people who have watched us on the Patreon videos, mm-hmm. that Mutilator poster, I got him it and a couple of the other people that acted in it as well but that movie was shot not too far from where all of us live pretty much as in atlantic beach north carolina but that's an, the mutilator that's another one of those movies that has a lot of creative kills in it yes and there's two different versions there's an r-rated version which was trimmed uh, some of the the gruesome, more gruesome bits and the unrated version so definitely recommend the unrated version mm-hmm. it's got some i won't go into what they are here mm-hmm. until we you know do it on the show or whatever but yeah they definitely some inventive and Pretty gruesome kills in that one. For me, I, I can only speak for myself. I only have one more. Will, did you have any more? No, I'm done. I only have one more to mention, and, and I know, Smoke, it's, this is on your list, and that's Maniac from 1980. Oh, yes. That one's more of a, like, it's just a, a such a damn good performance. Uh, I'm blanking on the guy that's in that right away. Uh, no, Joe Spinell. Well, William Lustig directed it. William Joe Lustig, yeah. Joe Spinell is the guy, yeah. Man, that's such a, a, a fucking memorable uh, performance by that dude in that movie, like, you truly believe this dude's like a sweaty, stinky psycho, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. He he looks the and part, I mean, but he just plays it so well. Yeah. And it's another one of those movies where there's another one on my list. We get to, but one of those types of slasher movies where you know who the killer is. I mean, there's no denying or no lead up to, hey, who's who's the killer? Who's doing this? You know, you know from the beginning. Yeah. And it's just his decline and what, how fucked up he is, and you know what he does in the movie that that unfolds. You know. Not so much of who, it's not a whodunit by any means. And it's another uh, Tom Savini special, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and one, awesome. of, one of the more memorable moments of the movie involves Tom Savini himself, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, like, uh, there's a scene where Savini and his, whatever his, his character's name was, is in the car with a girl and they're parked out, you know, on the side of the road or whatever, and they're making out right or whatever. And, uh, the whole you know, thing of the car with the lights on, and then the, she sees something in front of the car, and he's like, no, nah, I don't see nothing, whatever. And then turns the lights on, or whatever, and then here, there he is right there. Mm-hmm. And he jumps up on the car with a shotgun and just, boom, <laughs> yeah. blows, in the, blows Tom Savini's head off. Dude, it is like, rough. That's the best head explosion ever, I think. <laughs> if it ain't number – yeah, you can argue one, two, and three, and four and all that, right? Like, we we, yeah. uh, we watched one earlier this year in, uh, damn it, uh, Chopping Mall, you know, the – the head explosion yeah. there. That, that's yeah. that's on the list too. But like, yeah, this one's pretty. Like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> yeah. when I'm you, gonna, when you know, in that. honor of the Gore Score, I'm going to come up with some sort of. Uh, we're going to come up with a show, or at least part of a show, of like the best head explosions, the best decapitate. You know, some kind of Gore Score anniversary show or something. Gonna. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that would be in, along with scanners and yeah, it's, it's and it Dawn of the Dead had that shotgun head explosion as well that Tom Savini also did. Very quick. You remember that at the beginning of. Dawn of the Dead, when they're in that hotel, oh, they're yeah. kind of clearing it out and everything. And the, the guy is going crazy, just shooting whoever, and then he busts open the door and he shoots the guy in the head with a shotgun. And it's real quick, just boom, on to the next scene. And then I, But I think Savini per- perfected that shotgun head explosion in Maniac. And it also popped up again in The Prowler, another shotgun head explosion. All right, so that, that wraps it up for me and for Will. Smoke, uh, what, have, what have you got left on your list that you wanted to run over before we wrap it up. Uh, and, well, one other thing about Maniac, too, was that uh, <laughs> that scene that we were just talking about, the shotgun head explosion, caused uh, Gene Siskel to walk out on the movie. <laughs> and then when they were on, on, on Ebert, he said, there was no way that anything else in that movie could redeem itself after the, 
the graphic <laughs> violence of that scene. So he <laughs> he absolutely hated it. I guess, I guess if but you're totally fun. against that kind of stuff, yeah, I mean, like, there's nowhere to go but down from there, right? Like, you're like, all right, I've seen enough. Yeah, we'll we'll do. I'm sure we'll get to this this movie at some point in the not too distant future, and I I got all kind of stories on that of of the <laughs> controversial release of this film at the time of its promotion and all that stuff. So. But we'll get into that once we do yeah. the movie on great, the great, full, great um, movie, podcast. man. Highly recommend like uh, yeah. checking that out before we eventually do an episode on it. Just a classic. Oh, and which one? he did Maniac Cop, you know, the three Maniac Cop movies too. So it's been a little while back now, but uh, Joe Bob Briggs had an episode where he did Maniac Cop one and two, and he was uh, interviewing William Lustig on there. And he had him on the show, and he was talking a little bit about Maniac, more so of course about Maniac Cop movies, but. A little bit about Maniac. Let's see. So the next thing I had on my list, I guess, as far as we'll go to 1982 and uh, Pieces. <laughs> uh, that's and another, I know, I know you've seen Pieces, right? No, that's actually another. I'm pretty sure, like, it's just escaped me. I haven't sat down and watched that one, I believe. I don't know, if I, I have, I'm just blanking I on it. I think it was uh, Joe Bob Briggs was, I think he did it on his show. And I remember it had a, well, I found, I'll mention a couple scenes, and then I know for sure you'll be able to tell me if you did see it or not. But, uh. Here's the tagline is you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. And there was a pretty damn gruesome chainsaw massacre in the movie. So, so those were that tagline wasn't just hyperbole or whatever. It was it was pretty damn gruesome. <laughs> and then there was a scene with uh, out of the blue. Now, this movie was directed by uh, a Spanish you know, Spanish guy named Juan Piquer Simon. But he came over to America and it was a co-production between like Spain and America. He shot it in Boston, Massachusetts. So it has this. Sort of, it has a strange feel, like it has a European feel and an American feel to it, as far as how the movie unfolds. But, uh, but there's a couple of like absurd scenes. Uh, for no apparent reason, this this woman's walking, and she's you know the college set, it's set on a college campus. But she's walking on campus at night, and this Bruce Lee impersonator jumps out at her, and he's like in an Adidas track suit and starts doing kung fu, <laughs> and then she kicks him in the nuts. He goes down on the ground, and this other guy comes up on a dirt bike that she knows, a friend of hers, and he's like. What the hell? What's going on? What happened? He goes, this guy just attacked me. And he goes, oh, this is my Kung Fu instructor. <laughs> he goes, I then in the most politically incorrect Asian voice dubbing or whatever, they have him saying something like, oh, I didn't attack her. She's, uh, I don't know what she did. It was the bad chop suey she ate or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is terribly, like, just out of the blue. And oh, and then that guy was actually was a Bruce Lee impersonator for you know you know how they had the Bruce exploitation movies. Once yeah. Bruce Lee died, there was a hole that needed to be filled in the kung fu world, so they started bringing in lookalikes to make these Bruce Lee quote unquote movies. Uh, he was one that was in some of those seventies and eighties Bruce Lee movies. His name was Bruce. <laughs> now I never I assume that they always pronounced them Bruce Lee, but they were spelled like Bruce L I. Yeah. Or yeah. just Bruce L E with one E. <laughs> Whatever the real names was, they would. They had these pseudonyms or whatever. And so when I was looking up the credits for him, he was an actual Bruce Lee impersonator in some of those movies. But what, for whatever reason, they threw him in this movie. I guess just because they had him and, and you know, Bruce exploitation was big at the time. The gore in this movie is, like, over the top. It's pretty, pretty extreme and, uh, and disturbing in some parts. But, but it, it's, a fun, it's still a fun slasher movie, even though it's, like, disturbing and over-the-top gore. It's got uh, a bunch of intentional, some intentional humor, but plenty of unintentional humor in the the dialogue and whatnot but uh, you said so you that doesn't seem familiar to you at all josh no like well i mean i've i've heard of it and, and like seen you know i know of, of its existence i've just i don't think i've ever sat down and watched it yeah it's probably it's probably something that maybe we had talked about it that 
it was on that Joe Bob episode that night, but maybe you might not have got around to, or might not have been able to watch it or something, but we were talking about it beforehand. So that, that's yeah. probably why I was, I was thinking yeah, for some yeah. reason that you saw the Joe Bob episode. But yeah, I must have had to skip it. Usually a lot of times, man, like when, when those Joe Bob things, like especially if it's like the second movie of those things, sometimes yeah. I'll watch like the first little bit and then I'll tap out like, all right, I'm done. You know, <laughs> time to go to bed. Because by that point, it's usually, you know, like, not that midnight is late, but, like, I, you get past, like, 12 or 1 with me sometimes, man. Like, I'm done, you know. Like, I know Will, like, uh, getting past, like, 9 o'clock for you is getting pretty late. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a completely different scale. But, yeah. <laughs> so, that might have been okay. one of those ones where, like, I started to watch it and then just didn't finish it. Didn't finish it. It could be, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But we definitely moved that up to the, not the top necessarily, but, I mean, somewhere. I'd like to get to that at least by next year. Because I think that's one we could all have some fun with, regardless of whether how much any individual one of us like it, as far as the star rating, it will be entertaining from getting in, I promise. So beyond that, though, another one that had, uh, well, this movie goes by three different names. And the name I like the best, I'll call that, is Nightmares and a Damaged Brain. And then it goes by, then it said that was just shortened to Nightmare. And then on VHS, or at least, I think it was released on VHS under that Nightmares and a Damaged Brain on continental video but then another tape that i have is called a uh, blood splash same movie <laughs> three different titles there yeah <laughs> we run into that a lot with these movies for some reason that like, where they've got like yeah. three or four different that titles area. i don't know why this one though usually though that comes into play when it's like a foreign movie something coming over from italy or spain or somewhere and it gets retitled in every country it goes to and something different mm. this this movie though much like i guess pieces was actually directed by somebody who wasn't American though. He's a Romano Scavellini. He was an Italian that had made some movies in Italy in the seventies and then moved to the U.S. I guess around seventy nine or so, and then made one movie in America called Savage Hunt in nineteen eighty before he made Nightmares in a Damaged Brain. So it has that. It's you know it has an American feel and a European feel again, kind of like Pieces did. And the Pieces kind of had that Giallo. It's almost like a Giallo F movie. Pieces was, but it was definitely a straightforward slasher, but had that sort of killer. The elements of the killer were kind of like a giallo. And uh, Nightmares in the Damaged Brain, though, again, has, like, super messed up gore sequences and whatnot. More brutal than your average slash film, for sure. And this one, though, however, like, Pieces had a little bit of... You, you know, you can have fun with Pieces. Just because the dialogue's kind of ridiculous. And like I said, I mean, you got Bruce Lee impersonators jumping out at people and all kind of craziness going on. <laughs> but uh, Nightmares in the Damaged Brain is not, is not a fun movie. It's, more, it's on the, that disturbing level. And it doesn't let up from that. Kind of like Maniac, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned Maniac. Yeah, Maniac is not... There's not too many you know, lighthearted moments in, in Maniac. Yeah, it's serious business. Yeah. <laughs> might be a couple of scenes where, you know, you, you can almost... If you can't forgive certain aspects of filmmaking from, uh, from that era, some stuff is going to come across as unintentionally funny anyway. You know, certain dialogue, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, do you have some of that, too, with uh, Nightmares and the Damaged Brain, but... For the most part, it's pretty grim stuff. So, I mean, I, I think you get a pretty good array there. I mean, of a lot of a movie, a lot of movies you've probably already watched or heard of, but there's probably a good handful there that you may not have watched. Some that we've done here on the on the show, and some that we will definitely get around to sooner or later. I mean, I think overall that's a pretty good, uh, you know, look into into the slasher subgenre of horror, and um, I believe that. Uh, uh, Donnie will probably have something to say about this either on another episode or maybe over on Patreon where we've been doing the video minisodes. Um, one way or another, we'll, we'll see what Donnie has to say on the subject and kind of get some of his favorites if they're, 
you know, if we feel that they're any different from what we've talked about. But either way, like, yeah, I, I think all these ones that we talked about, we highly recommend, except for that brief dive in the House of Wax. Don't, don't, don't do that to yourself. But everything else, uh, <laughs> everything else we highly recommend. You know what? I left off my number ones, right? Or something. I, I don't even know how I left it off, but home sweet home. <laughs> well, I can't believe that you, I can't believe that you left that off. And that, and that you even considered well, that a movie, I guess, really is the... <laughs> it's the whole body by Jake dude that does it for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> and uh, his, his home free home tattoo was like, that was just... That was art. That was art. <laughs> his cl- home sweet home club tattoo on his, uh, or club stamp club on his hand. <laughs> yeah, another good one. That, uh, you know, which we're... we're uh, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. We're fastly approaching that, so uh, that's another one. If you if you feel like putting yourself through it, uh, that is a Thanksgiving movie in some way. Yeah. It may not be cranberry sauce, but they've got tons of peas waiting for you there in uh, Home Sweet Home. <laughs> so if you feel like putting yourself through that, then go for it. And Place if you didn't like that joke, you probably won't like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> if that. Yeah, yeah. If you're like, what the fuck is that guy talking about? Then you don't, don't. Just don't. So, yeah, I guess that's probably about where we should leave it for this one. So, for uh, Will and the Professor, I'm Josh. We are the All-American Spook Show Podcast. And, of course, for Donnie, who's not here. Come and, come and listen to us next week. we got a whole bunch of stuff going on here in the month of October. So, come and check it out. Thanks a lot. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.